climb aboard if you dare for our new road trip through Scotland. Scenic and beautiful, but of course, looks can be deceiving. Join your hosts as they take you through some of the most terrifying places Scotland has to offer. If you feel safer, you're welcome to wait in the camper until we return. Just know it's had a history full of attracting some heinous, curious creatures, thus being its intended purpose, of course. Fleeing, however, would be ill-advised. Who knows what strange things you'll encounter out there, so far, far from home, where no one will hear you scream. Let us light a warm fire and begin our tale of horror. Your victims, I mean your listeners, have been warned. Tom. Thanks, voice. I'm Tom. I'm here in our cryptic camper with Shay. And we'd like to thank you for being brave enough to join us for our fourth season of the Scare Your Pants Off, our Scotland road trip. This is episode number four. And for our heart, we've set up camp in Merry King's Clothes. So how you doing today, Shay? Doing really good. So I feel like we need to, I feel like right off the bat, I want to talk about the next episode. And I know we don't generally do that. We generally talk about that a little, just for like a quick second at the end and tell mm-hmm. you what's happening. But I feel like the next episode is very, very special. So I have come to find out that uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol is in fact public domain. Who doesn't love A Christmas Carol? Yeah, I didn't know that it was public domain. That's really interesting. Yep. So, uh, much like we've done with the other special episodes, the Scare Your Pants Off team is coming together, and we're all playing little parts. Um, I wrote a very, very condensed script for our Scare Your Pants Off Christmas Carol. Um, it is the telling of the story, but I obviously, like I said, I had to condense it quite a bit because otherwise... It'd be a, a four or five hour episode and that's a very long edit and I I can't do that. Um, but I, I'm very excited about it and I've, I've already started like um, editing like the little bits and pieces and stuff like that. And, I, and I'm, I'm actually really, I'm really proud of how I wrote it. I like how it sounds and I'm really excited to see how it all comes together because it's, I, I don't know. I'm so excited and this is going to be our only episode to air uh next week and it will be our christmas gift to our listeners and thank you for listening oh it's really good guys and it's kind of it, once it's all done you guys are gonna i think you're really really gonna enjoy it if you've liked our other special episodes you'll like this for sure I'm, I, I am super excited for it so um so what else is going on? What's new? Or you have you watched anything good or anything like that? I watched with Blue. I watched. I watched with Blue. Uh, Oppenheimer. Ooh, okay. I've been wanting to see Oppenheimer. It's so good. It's fantastic. It's not really. It's not really Eric's kind of movie, so he didn't watch it. We actually watched it together while he was at work, and it was. There's so many people in this movie. Robert Downey Jr. is in it, and I will tell you, in all honesty, I'm not. I won't even. I'm not exaggerating. Multiple minutes he was on screen, and I was looking at him. I'm like, oh, he looks a little familiar. Oh, he sounds a little familiar. And I'm looking at him. No clue. No clue who this man is. 
and then I, I, I avert my attention somewhere else just for like a split second. And then he talked again and I heard it and I was like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is in this. And then I look and I'm like, that's Robert Downey Jr. And it's funny because like once you know it's him, it looks like him and you can see it. But they, I feel like they aged him and, and he just, he just, he doesn't look like Iron Man. And it I was so, so weird, but there's so many people in it. It was a great movie, a great telling. It's three hours long though. So if you're gonna, you know, rent it or wait for it to come out or whatever, it is three hours long. It's a long sit. Yeah. Yeah. I've been wanting to see it. I've heard nothing but awesome things. The the only complaint I've ever heard is the length of it. That's it. That it is three hours. But I'm okay with the three hour if it, movie if it's good, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I've heard nothing but really, really good things about it and all the actors and, um, they do this thing where they're, they're kind of getting into his mind and it's it plays almost like a hallucination but it's not really what it is i don't know how to explain what it is but the, when they when they flash into his mind it is beautiful it is absolutely stunning it is it's so well done and it's and it and it's cool because you can see him go from the point of we can do this this is great i know how to do this for the first to know how to do this for the this for the that to shit we know how to do this this is scary. This is not, I don't want to do this. And it's, it, it really, they do a fantastic job diving into what his psyche must have been doing as he had that whole revelation from, I can't believe we can do this to, I can't believe we're doing this. And it's fantastic. Wow, I can't, yeah, I can't wait. I, I, I mean, he, you know, the quote, destroyer of worlds and uh just uh, that quote always to this day and i've heard it a thousand times gives me chills just because and now i guess can't wait to see it in context like that oh man yeah i whew, i that's so you could right now you have to rent it it's not on any of the apps no it is rent right now and it's still a 20 dollars rent blue could not wait he he was so excited so he actually he rented it and we watched it and i was and i was more than happy to uh one thing and i heard uh destroyer of worlds too and i and i do like that one thing i've never actually heard that they said in the movie was modern day prometheus and i really so prometheus gave fire and with fire we destroyed and it was, I, and I really, I think that just, that hit me really hard. That hit me like really good. And I, I actually really liked it. That's awesome. I, I, I have never heard that, uh, but I really like that. I really, oh, I can't wait to see that. That was God. I forgot about that. That and Barbie were the two big uh, movies over the summer, right? And I, I'm not going to lie. I low-key want to see Barbie. I have heard that it's actually really hysterical. Um, it's not one that I'm about to run out to see or anything, but. I will make you feel better in telling you that I low-key, for whatever reason, and I didn't play with Barbies, but I low-key also kind of want to see Barbie, but um, I'm only admitting it because you're admitting it. So you, now that we have proof that you want to see it, I feel it's okay to say I kind of am a little intrigued by it. Yeah, I couldn't say that at like work or something. I would not hear the end of that if I said that at work. But it's, I do low key want to see it. It's, it's supposed to be very, very funny. And I like the actors and uh, stuff. I, uh, God, I've, I haven't really watched too much. But so they did a movie last year about Blackberry. 
and how it came about, how basically it was the first smartphone, the BlackBerry, and, you know, basically created that whole market of smartphones and everything. And the movie starred Jay Baccarell and um, Glenn Howerton. And I really wanted to see it, but then I kind of forgot about it. But I was on AMC app the other day, and they took the movie and turned it into a three-episode, like, mini-season or a mini-series or something. So I checked it out. Nothing but paranoid, but it actually was very, very good. Very interesting. I never owned a BlackBerry. I was very late to the smartphone game. I put it off for as long as I possibly could. Um, and then I finally, I think my first one was like the Samsung 3 or something like that. And uh, I had that for about three months and then the phone sucked and then I switched to iPhone. Um, but yeah, that was pretty interesting. The BlackBerry one and then what else? Um, what was it? The, oh, silly movie. It's on Hulu. Um, it, it's not for kids but it's got kids in it and it's got a lot of actors that you you would recognize but you don't necessarily know their names or anything it's called theater camp and i had to watch it being a theater guy and everything um it's got oh god what's her name um amy sedaris is in it uh oh who else um ben platt um june gordon and a lot of people, like I said, you'd recognize them or anything. It's silly. It, it, it's it, it's kind of kiddie. But if you're looking for something funny, light, easy to watch, check out Theater Camp on Hulu. It's just well. But yeah, I haven't really watched. And then I've been behind these last couple of weeks. I've had a crazy busy few weeks here. So. Speaking of Hulu, you... You mentioned something a couple episodes ago, and I actually think you talked a little bit about last episode too. Um, you mentioned something though initially a couple episodes ago, and it was Fargo. Fargo is one of those shows I picked it up years ago, years ago, and I watched like two episodes. I don't recall not liking it. I don't recall why I stopped watching it. I think my very ADHD brain just went somewhere else, and that's what I do sometimes. At your urging and recommendation, I I went back in and started watching it. In a matter of a couple days, we are now halfway through season two. I can't stop watching it. It is phenomenal. Um, I the cast is again the cast is huge. There's so many people in it, and it's uh, we just started in the start of season two. Obviously, the main the main bad guy is now someone different. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, Darren Culkin, I think, is in it, the uh, one of the Culkin kids. And it's funny because the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh, cool, the Culkin kids in it. That's awesome. I like seeing the Culkin kids and stuff. And I'm calling him a kid. Did you know? He probably didn't. Um, he was born the exact same day and year that I was born. He's not a kid. He's very much my age. So really? I'm calling this, yeah, I'm calling this guy a kid. And he, we literally share the same exact birthday year month day wow that that is really interesting and what a small world yeah i mm -hmm. wouldn't i i i wouldn't know i i'm so bad at guessing ages and stuff like that so i try to abstain as much as possible because i i just i am 
very tired. Uh, age, height, weight, I try to abstain because I have just, uh, you could be 14 or 40 and you could be 90 pounds or 200 pounds. Like, I'm just bad. You could be four foot 11 or fucking seven foot 11. I, I wouldn't know. I'm just bad at that stuff. So I abstain <laughs> from it. But no, that's really interesting. I'm so glad you liked it. You were liking it because as I'm uh, like, when I was talking about it, I'm like, I feel like this is really like you would really like like your sense of humor and like the dark humor yeah. to it and everything and I was kind of su surprised that you hadn't watched it. So I am um, uh, Me glad. too. Honestly, watching it now, I don't I don't know. I don't know how it didn't keep my attention. I have no idea what happened. I I can't recall why my stupid brain was like, "Hey, eh, we're done with this." I have no idea. I I'm ashamed of myself. I know some people, like I have some friends at work that I always recommend, and this one friend, and um, he just, I, even though what I was explaining, I don't think he was fully listening while I was explaining it, so he always just kind of thought it was this like drama type thing, like just, and it, it is, there's drama to it and everything, it is, but he thought it was just like some sort of like dry very dry and everything like that i'm like no no it's like dark humor very dark and it's not dry and there's a lot of action and um so i, I do know a lot of people that it just don't they have the wrong impression and they don't watch it or they they you know they think it's something else um but oh good i'm glad uh glad you're liking that uh did you happen to check out the other one i recommended murder at the end of the oh. world I did. I'm not done with it, but it yes. Um, that is that is a really cool concept. I yeah. don't know 100% what's going on. I have some speculation as to what I think is going on, um, but it was yeah. it was really cool. It and it's funny too because in the beginning, um, the uh, the original couple. Um, I don't want to give away a lot because it's a newer show still. The original couple, like the couple in the beginning, yeah. I hated them at first. Like, hated him i didn't like her i didn't like him i didn't like them together and in one second in the car with that song and he started being all door i instantly i loved them i was like okay you're you're now because she was initially like well it's hard to fall in love when mm -hmm. this and that and i'm like i'm like you guys aren't even close to in love you guys hate each other why are you whatever but no that scene in the car uh, completely changed my view on both of them and it was a second long yeah, no, I agree with you. At first, at first, I didn't know if I was gonna like it. I was like, oh, okay, she's gonna, they, or they're both the closed-off character and and everything. So I, I 100% understand where you go, where you go, and I was kind of almost in that same boat with you. That I, like, eh, I don't know about this, but yeah. Then and great sound. I'm glad you brought up the music because just in general, it's a great soundtrack. Uh, that yes. show. It's that they have a lot of really good songs in there, and uh, it's amazing how important a good soundtrack is and how that can almost that can make or break a show I, I, I mean essentially if you if you don't have the right soundtrack then shit it's it can really really hurt a show it's funny that you bring up soundtrack because it's something dawned on me the other day um we're nearing on a year ago where um i was just i was in a music rut i was i, I mentally i i was just kind of drained and i i needed I don't know, I, I needed to find something that I wasn't getting from my normal sound. 
my normal sound is I love Led Zeppelin, I love Van Halen, I love Sticks, I love I love classical, I really like rap, maybe a little bit, some of it's okay. Um, minor country, really not a lot, but basically classic rock, alternative rock, some metal, and so on. But none of it was it, I. It wasn't helping like it nor like it used to. It used to be healing in a way, and it just wasn't anymore. So I took to a Facebook group that I'm in, and I found a post about someone kind of in a similar situation. I am looking just for something different, and I it dawned on me the other day that I am now a year, almost a year in to I have been listening to indie folk music, and I it is my preferred music. It is. My entire Pandora playlist is indie folk. When I shuffle, I will sometimes add and remove stations. I never remove indie folk. It is, if I'm putting on one station, it's usually indie folk. And I don't know what it is about the vibe of it. I'm at the point now where I'm recognizing some of the artists. I'm recognizing the songs. I'm singing along to them. And it is, do you guys ever feel like you're in like just a rut and you just need something a little different. It, it's, I never thought I would have stepped out of my comfort zone and jumped into something else, but wow. Like it's, I, yeah, I'm like a year into, I think I have a new preferred genre. That's really cool. I, I wouldn't take you for an indie folk uh, fan, but uh, if you might like a band, and maybe you've even heard of them. I, I believe they're newer, uh, Dury. Um, no. And, I think I believe, and, I, and I, as we're talking, I'll look it up just to make sure I'm spelling it right. But it's D U R R Y. There are newer sort of indie folk with uh, the guy at one point was like the lead, a lead singer, I believe, of like a punk sort of hardcore band. So there's like some rock element to it. It's by no means, but it's more indie folk, it, it, like acoustic y sort of. Um, but you might really, I, I've come, and I'm not a huge indie folk fan, but I really, really dig um, them. And I, like I said, as we're talking, I'll try to look it, look up, um, make sure that I'm spelling it right. Oh, here we go. Yep, D-U-R-R-Y, Dury. All right, well, I wrote, I wrote that down because I'm intrigued. Uh, their oh. name of their first album is called Suburban Legend. So, um, like I said, you may, you might not like them, but I, I've come to re really, really like them. It's that sort of, that easy listening, but it's still got the, the elements of the hard rock. So it's, for me, it's like a perfect blend because I like, like, I like a lot of old punk and stuff like that. But now that I'm in my forties, I can't just rock out all the time. I need some easy listeners and stuff. So I do, I listen a lot more like Depeche Mode now and The Cult, The Cure, just because uh, yeah. it's it's still rock, but it's I, I, it's not like, you know, it's not so heavy. I'm becoming an old man in my 40s so, here. So. That's funny, because I literally just turned 41 like uh, a couple months ago. So it would be just after I turned 40 that I did that. I just wasn't cutting it. And then, yeah, that's funny how like your your mind kind of changes in that way. Yeah, 40 is a big one. A lot a lot of changes happen at 40. It's mindset changes, physical changes. It, 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 it's weird. It's You kind of wake up on your 40th birthday and everything hurts a little. And <laughs> it's, it, it's definitely it's definitely a big one there. So 
one more thing before we dive into into the stuff. So we did this last episode, so I feel like we're just gonna do like another unsolicited advertisement because uh, we're not getting paid for this. But uh, it's a problem that you've talked about. I know I have this problem, and makes I just venturing a guess that maybe someone we listen to probably has the same problem. Now I will shower. Um, I shower minimum of once a day. I actually shower more than once a day, uh, fairly frequently. But uh, as of late, well, before this, I would get out of the shower within an hour. My entire body is itchy. Like, all I'm just, and there's no, I have no irritation. I, I'm not red. I'm not blotchy. I don't have hot, nothing. There's no evidence of being itchy, but I am so itchy. Do you have that problem? I do. I, um, not as bad anymore. I, I do have a pretty good, good regimen. I, I found a body wash that I'm actually able to use. I've never liked body wash before, but it's also part of the scrubber thing I use. It's like a loofer, but it's a man loofah. It's, you scrub away. It's, uh, it's from Manscaped. Another person, if you ever want to send us free stuff, Manscaped, I love your stuff. Um, and uh but i i i in the past i yes i have struggled with that to answer your question yes so me too and and i and i've left out a couple times over the last couple years and i found like this really cool natural soap at this random store somewhere i'm never gonna go again and i buy it and it's great and it helps and i feel so good and then i can't find it again so you know for at least a year now i have been toying with the idea of trying Dr. Squatch. And I've seen, and it's so commercial. I'm like, it can't possibly work. None of the commercial stuff works. It's always the, like, you know, little mom and pop shop organic crap that works. Mm-hmm. But I broke down and I tried it and absolutely fantastic. It is, I am, Ooh. I can go between showers now and I'm not itchy in an hour. And then when I couple it with my, I have um, Jergens wet skin lotion. And using the two of them together is I am I am not an I'm not an itchy bitch anymore. I am feeling far far better than I was. But I want everybody to try it. If you have that issue, give it a try. Um, there's a bourbon barrel one or a rum barrel one that is absolutely my favorite smell. And it's and it's one of those. It's not too strong a smell. You can but you can still smell it on your skin way after your shower, but not overly potent so it's a nice smell they're not like overly i know dr squatch is for guys technically but they're not overly like masculine piney deodoranty smelling smells um it's just nice mellow smells i am definitely gonna try it because i always saw the commercials same thought as you i'm like it looks awesome but it can't be as good as they're making it out to be but if you're saying it is i am definitely because I've always wanted to try it, and I just, I'm just like, eh, I don't want to buy it, and then it sucks, you know, or, or whatever. And but I will, and I and I still gotta try that. You got the Jergens wet lotion there that you're talking about. I'm definitely gonna writing it down. And okay. half of the proceeds for every Doctor Squatch bar go to uh, the rehabilitation and re-releasing of wild big feet that have been caught injured. No, that's a, no, that's a lot. I wish, I wish it was true. That would be fantastic. I love the name, Dr. Squatch. I love yeah, it. Yeah, me too. So, and Dr. Squatch, if you're listening, send us some free stuff. <laughs> I'm just going to say that every time we talk about anything. That works. <laughs> that's fine with me. I, I will take free stuff. Uh, email us. 
<laughs> Find us on Facebook. Well, I will give you my address. Dude, Tom will give you his address. Yep. We'll give you all the addresses. Yeah, all of them. You can have all of them if you're going to send us free <laughs> stuff. Oh, that's funny. Well, all right. Um, should we jump into the good stuff? We should. All right. Well, you have our uh, Curious Creature of the Week. Pay no attention to those distant screams of terror. I'm sure they're just our heinous creature or cryptid. You should be safe right here. I do. I'm going to talk about the Beast of Boshan. B-U-C-H-A-N. I'm seeing it Boshan, Bouchon. I'm not sure which one it is. I'm saying Bouchon. And if it's wrong, I apologize. Um, Sounds right but... to me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, it is actually a phantom cat. Now, best to my recollection, I don't recall, I, mean, I think we've talked about like cat-like things, but I personally don't recall us ever talking about a phantom cat. No. I, um, to my knowledge, no. Now, it's possibly, it's thought to possibly be related to demon hounds or the cat sith, which I feel like we will probably end up talking about before the end of the season, so I'm not going to dive too far into that. Big cat sightings date back to the 1760s, beginning with William Cobbett's sighting uh, that he encountered in his book called Rural Rides when he was just a boy. But the keeping of wild, uh, of exotic animals, including big, big cats back then, or any time really, uh, I'm sorry, back then, was really not all that unheard of. So... What he saw could, could not be, who knows. There's some more recent sightings, though. In 1998, a large cat-like creature was actually blamed for a string of sheep slaughters. Like a whole string, different farms, you know, all in the area um, of, yeah, slaughter of sheep. Now, in 2006, it was uh, a, quote, huge, slinky cat skulking around was spotted. Uh, stated a Cruden Bay farmer's worker when he stumbled across a sheep carcass. I also saw that it was multiple sheep carcasses. I'm not sure which one it is. I don't know if he saw one or if he saw multiple. If you happen to know, let us know. Um, now, in 2008, a couple happened to see one cross right in front of them on the road. Uh, and it was about three feet long. So... In 2011, a man saw a cat-like creature that was bigger than his Labrador. It was solid black with a bushy head and tail, similar in description, uh, similar in description what other people have said when they saw them. So you have like almost a panther-like body and a little bit like of a fluke thing going on in its head and a fluke thing going on in its tail. Now, there was one attack. Uh, in 2002, a woman was bit and clawed at by a similar-sounding cat-like Labrador-sized creature. And that's what I have for our Phantom Cat this episode, but it was super interesting, so I had to talk about it. Yeah, no, I, 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 like you said, I don't, we've talked about cat-like things and, and, and creatures that are possibly part of the the cat family or whatever but um i don't think we've ever discussed a phantom cat so uh, that's really it's really interesting and i um yeah great choice first i i, I like how it's 
kind of modern, even though there was that big hat in, maybe in the 1760s. Um, that could be, you know, this could be something else, but for the most part, like 1930s and on, um, I, I like, I mean, I like old ones too and stuff, but like that modern, I like when stuff comes up in modern times, just very interesting. Um, so, 1998, uh, the large cat creature, and then we're getting sheep slaughter or mutilation. Uh, you know, I, it made me think of cattle mutilation with, with these sheep being slaughtered. And then, you know, we jumped to 2006 and the huge cat skulking around, but again, it, it, at least one sheep carcass or sheep mutilation and then, or multiple depending on, you know, the, the resource and stuff. So I really like that. That's something we, a lot of times we associate possibly with aliens or whatever, you know, there's a lot, uh, we saw a lot of that at um, Skinwalker Ranch, a lot of cattle mutilations and a few other ranches around. Um, and it's either, you know, it's kind of believe it's alien or interdimensional in some way. So um, I just find that very, very fascinating. In fact, somebody start crossing the road at three minutes about three feet long, or another description, you know, bigger than a Labrador. So this thing is, this is a big-ass cat. This isn't like, this is, yeah. you know, not, and I've seen some big cats. Uh, God, I, I remember my buddy, when I lived in Chicago, when I first moved there, I was living with a friend, and he worked at a, he was big on the animals anyway, but he worked at an animal rescue league, maybe, or shelter or something, and took home a cat, it was named Catzilla. It was 22 pounds. This thing, it was so big and fat. And it was very mean, too. But I, I will never forget the picture because it was so big and fat that, you know, cats clean themselves. They have to lift themselves to clean themselves. So to get to certain parts of its body, it would, like, lean up against the wall. And it would just try to lick it and it just you guys can't see what I'm doing but it, it just like couldn't get very far and it would have to lean and get into different areas to get to different parts of its body because it was so fat <laughs> I I can see what you're doing <laughs> and you guys are missing out I'm sorry <laughs> like it, it, it was quite the spectacle <laughs> it was quite the spectacle I was watching myself in the camera <laughs> um it's uh, we did we we did put it on a diet and I got it down to like twelve pounds after a while. It took a long time to That's get it there. Still a big cat. Yeah, it was. It it was. And it, when it lost that weight, it still looked big because that skin. You know what I mean? There was still the skin that had been stretched out. So uh, I don't know what ever happened to Catzilla. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, and then uh, and then in two thousand and two the attack on the person so we don't get that a lot with cryptids no. where it's like first of all usually we're the ones attacking a cryptid you know in some way or you know trying to hunt a cryptid or shoot at it or experiment on it um but you don't really like to have that up close and personal of a an experience with this is uh I find very, very interesting, and to God, that must have been frightening for that person um, to <laughs> be bit and clawed at by 
whatever this is. So, just great choice. So, we are four episodes in now to Scotland, and have you noticed the trend that their first instinct isn't to shoot at these poor things? And and the one that attacked the woman, yeah, probably should have been shot at. I get that. I do. I, I understand in defense, but yeah, it's not like, well, we know how to kill it, even though it's never done anything to us. Yeah, these people... The Scottish people know how to treat a cryptid, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, I have noticed that, and that's a great, great point, too. And I think part of it, too, is that not every person in Scotland owns a hundred fucking guns like they do here. And, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know the legality over there. I know, like, in England, guns are very rare. Yeah. Great choice. I loved it. It's a short one, but a good one. That was uh, really good. And like you said, we I have a feeling we're going to be discussing the cat Sith. So this will probably cut the Beast of Bushan may come up again. So very cool. All right. Uh, anything else on the Beast of Bushan? Nope. Nothing I got. I hope I'm saying that right, too. <laughs> me, too. <laughs> Very much me, too. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I have the haunt for the week. Ah, you're still here. Step on in for those terrifying haunted tales. I'm sure there's nothing to really be afraid of. This is a good one. This was, this, this, and I know I say this, we say this a lot. Oh, this goes on the bucket list. This one is going very high on my bucket list, what I'm going to discuss next. It is very cool, and it's actually pretty close to uh, one of the, my last haunt that I talked about, the Edinburgh Vault. I am talking about Mary King's Clothes, and it's C-L-O-S-E. Yeah, I, I, I think gas clothes. Mary King's clothes is a historic clothes located under the Edinburgh City Chambers building on the Royal Mile in historic Old Town area of Edinburgh. A, a close is an alleyway or courtyard, usually, um, and, and it's usually like a, a group of them together and going in different directions, um, with homes or tenement buildings on each side of the alleyway and uh you know and at this time it was if you were rich you would you either lived high up in the building or you owned most of the building or at least a few levels in the building and then if you were low or low a low person is what they called them you lived at the bottom of the building in, in these closes um and I wrote this in my notes. If we have any Scottish fans out there, anybody living in Scotland, been to Scotland, anything, and I am describing anything wrong about this, please write in and let me know so that we can correct it. Uh, but that was the research on the clothes that it showed me. So, Mary King's clothes takes its name from one Mary King, a merchant burgess who resided in the clothes in the 17th century. Mary's King's Clothes has had a reputation for hauntings and other paranormal experiences since at least the 17th century. And if you listened and or remember last week's episode, um, the Close even has their own kind of, sort of, ghost lights going on in there. 
the close ran very near Old Nor Lock, a stagnant and highly polluted marsh. Uh, you know, most of the city's waste and everything went into this lock, and that's, yeah, it was supposed to be crazy polluted. Uh, so then, Biogas then escape into the close, creating eerie lights throughout, throughout the close, just like ghost lights. It is believed that these lights were the first reason people began to believe the close was or is haunted. Also, the gas that was escaping into the close was known to cause unpleasant hallucinations. Another possible cause for some of the haunted beliefs. And actually, and recently, they um, had, uh, well, not too recently, but within the last 50 years or something, they, uh, in one of the homes, they, you know, doing tests in, uh, in the walls or the wallpaper, there was tons of cyanide. So that could have been, uh, yeah, to the hallucinations. And we know back then, these things coupled with the amount of people who perished here from the plague from 1644 to 1650, it's no wonder that these people believe uh, that people believe this place is haunted. Um, there was even a rumor that when the plague started to decimate the city and the world, that the close was sealed off um, with the people suffering from the plague being sealed off inside it. And supposedly, if you were uninfected, you were moved to the outskirts of the city. So, But there does not seem to be much validity to this, even though they did try to keep um, infected people in a, like a close coordinated area away from others it doesn't look like it was actually sealed to the point where you know they couldn't get out for any reason um then in the 18th century part of the close was demolished and buried and then by 1902 it was completely closed off to the public and it would stay closed until World War II when it was used as a bomb shelter for residents during the war. You know, Germany really went to town on the United Kingdom then. After the war, it was again closed and sealed off until the 1990s when it reopened as a tourist attraction. Uh, they do tons of tours and a bunch of paranormal shows and ghost hunters go there nowadays. Um, but let's get into the haunts now. That's about all you really need to know about its history. And the first haunt I'll discuss is the plague doctor for the clothes, one George Ray. It's sick. It's said that you can see George Ray walking up and down the close, still dressed in his plague attire, which is head to toe in leather with the bizarre and long pro-beaked mask. I love a plague doctor mask. I just absolutely love those masks. Supposedly, when he passes by muttering to himself, you can smell sweet herbs and flowers. And this is because he and most plague doctors put strong-smelling flowers and herbs in the mask's crow beak to help with the smell of the rotting and dying citizens. And it was also believed 
that these herbs and flowers were uh, could stop airborne illnesses. And you know they didn't fully at the time understand that fleas and rats were to blame for the spreading of the plague. And germ theory wouldn't be a thing for 300 years and still fairly new to us, the whole germ theory stuff, so. Uh, it is believed that the reason that Ray's distraught spirit still roams the close is because he was never fully compensated for his heroic efforts. He saved hundreds, if not thousands, with his treatments. And he, uh... Once the government found out how much they actually owed him for doing all that work and putting his life in danger, and the government just kind of assumed he was going to die because he's a plague doctor and everybody died from the plague, uh, they just decided not to pay him because they owed him way too much money and they never had the intention of paying him in the first place. Um, some resources say he was paid, you know, a little bit, but it went not what he was supposed to. So, next, we have well-respected lawyer Thomas Coltart and his family and the terror they endured in 1685. The first signs that something was amiss was when, on her very first day, their maidservant fled the home almost immediately after entering, claiming the house was haunted and or evil. She would never return. A few days later, Coltart and wife saw a disembodied head floating through the house. Wait, now that is such a picture in my brain. A disembodied floating head. The sight actually caused Mrs. Coltart to faint, which I get. Um, but then it disappeared after she fainted. Well, that is, it disappeared until after dinner when it returned with the spirit of a child and a floating severed arm. And the arm would beckon towards the couple. <laughs> so, that's funny. Yeah, I know, right? It's quite the picture. Um, but that's not all. Soon after, the ghost of a dog appeared, running through the living room, followed by the spirit of a cat. Then, all of a sudden, the whole room filled with weird little creatures that they claimed danced around prettily. And I have a very funny picture in my head, like little elves or gnomes in this house, like dancing and just uh, <laughs> singing and uh, very weird. This, some of this could be a hallucination I'm thinking here. <laughs> um, so then a deep guttural and dreadful groan filled the house. And that's when all the ghost, ghouls, and creatures disappeared. The ghost dog would actually appear a few more times after this event, curled up on a chair. Next we have Major Thomas Weir. Uh, in the resources, he's described as a male witch. Um, I think that would be a warlock. I'm not the biggest on witch stuff, but I thought, you know, male witches were warlocks, but I don't know. Um, 
so yeah i think you're right i think it's it's unfortunately i think a lot of times warlock gets a a negative connotation but it's really just a male male. okay i thought so like i said i'm not the biggest on witches and stuff never really been too interested so uh it said he walked through the close on his way to the gallows and it said when you see his spirit walk in the alley humming or reciting something oh you will see his it said you will see his spirit walking the alley humming or reciting something to himself then of course we have the lady in black that has been seen lurking in the shadows of the close uh most believe this is mary king herself uh supposedly her image has even been caught on camera by one of the ghost hunting shows. And supposedly in the chimney of her old home, you can hear scratching and rustling sounds, which is thought to be the spirit of a child chimney sweep that got stuck and died in said chimney. And actually it's even said that if you reach up into the chimney trying to figure out what the scratching noise is, you will get scratched yourself. So, God, child labor back then. So ridiculous. It's like child chimney sweeps. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, Next, we have the spirit of local resident Andrew Chesney, uh, who was actually the last or one of the last residents to leave the close in 1902. In life, Chesney was especially proud of his Thunderbox, which is what some call all toilets back then. He would actually leave the door open and wave to passing pedestrians while doing his business. Nice friendly guy. It said you can see his very worried looking spirit wandering through the alley and um, one of the ghost hunting shows, uh, at one point, you know, they asked a question out to any of the spirits if it was okay that they were there and, you know, filming and recording, and supposedly they got, uh, a voice telling them to just leave, and it's believed that that voice was of Andrew Chesney. I'm not sure, couldn't find exactly why they believed it was Andrew Chesney, but the belief was it was, so... And finally, I'm going to finish up with the most famous spirit of the close, a little girl who is now called Annie. In 1992, Japanese medium Aiko Gibo visited and toured the close when visited and toured the close. When the tour guide entered a particular room, Aiko refused to follow. She claimed that the energy from the spirits was too strong. Uh, And she claimed to have a heavy feeling of dread and that someone or something was tugging on her pants. She would return to the room a little later alone in the hopes of finding who or what gave her this feeling of dread and pulled on her trousers. Supposedly, Aiko then encountered the spirit of a little girl no older than nine years old. The little girl told her she was sad because she couldn't find her family. It's believed that when she was 
uh, that she was infected with the plague, so her family abandoned her in the close for fear of her infecting the rest of the family. Which is super sad, but again, 1600s, different times, and it's like you're watching, like I said, you know, 50, maybe more, 50% or more of the population dying, so I guess I, I kind of get it, but... Ugh. She, uh, the little girl also told Aiko she was sad because she lost her favorite doll. So, later that day, Aiko bought her a new doll and left it with her. Supposedly, the atmosphere of the room changed almost immediately to much lighter and friendlier, and the girl promised to not bother anyone anymore. And this, I really, I love this next part of this, uh, is that, um, when people visit or tour the close, many bring dolls or stuffed animals and leave them for Annie. And since 1992, thousands and thousands of dolls have been left here. And at the end of the year, every year, they, uh, they collect up all the dolls and they donate them all to the Six Sick Kids Friends Foundation. Well, all of them except the original doll that Iko gave to Annie. That stays there permanently. Um, but, unfortunately, very recently, the original doll went missing or was taken, and it's probably taken from Annie's room. There is a coordinated search currently happening through the social media under the hashtag Bring Back the Doll. I believe that's Twitter. And um, so if you know anything, please help. Go check them out on the social medias. And, um, you know, let's try to get that doll back to Annie. And uh, guys, that's about it. But if you like this, I, I encourage you to do more research because this is by no means all of what's happening here. There's These were just a little, some of the major ones. It has everything from orbs to shadow figures to disembodied voices. Um, it is, like I said, it is very high on my bucket list now. Um, that is Mary King's Clothes. That was awesome and absolutely like a bucket list place. Very, very cool. Um, one fun fact, or I don't know why I say fun fact all the time, but one fact. Um, so George Ray, I love... I love the image of the Plague Doctor. I have a Plague Doctor tattoo. I love the mask. It's something so sinister, even though it wasn't about it. Um, it's really cool because when you talk about like the, them putting the herbs and stuff at the end of the beach so they couldn't smell decaying people, basically, is what they were telling. Um, it's, it reminds me again of, of Ring Around the Rosie. The Ring Around the Rosie, pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. Now, the pocket full of posies, they actually stuff the pockets in the posies pockets and posies. posies in the pockets of dead and dying people to help counteract the smell and it's believed that posies was some of what the herbs that herbs or flowers that would have been stuck at the end of the week before george ray though uh for only a couple of weeks was john Policious, p-a-u-l-i-c-i-o-u-s and he was actually edinburgh uh first plague doctor he died in 1645 and then shortly, which is only weeks after he started working as a plague doctor to try to help the efforts against it, 
Um, but he died mere weeks after, and then he was actually replaced by George Ray, which Ooh, is kind of cool. But George Ray's numbers were so amazingly high. He did so much. But I wanted to, um, I remember hearing about that, so I wanted to verify, but it's, I, I feel like he, he gets mentioned, but George Ray, absolutely the hero, because it's insane. I did not know that. I didn't see that in my research. That's that's really interesting that he died so quickly after. Um, yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because George Ray, um, some of the what he was doing, nobody else was doing, and that's why he was able to save so many people. Like um, the way, and I didn't get into it because, it, but the way he lanced some of the boils and drained them and stuff was like. Yeah, it's gross, but I guess it's say nobody was doing it at the time, and uh, you know, like I said, germ theory wasn't a thing, none of this. So, and what he had uh, done. So I'm glad you brought that up because he he saved a lot of lives. Yeah, you know, he really did. Um, now to get on with uh, the other the ghost, I headless cracks me up. I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> it's sad to think that if that's what happens to you, that you would come back without your rest of you and it's but imagine being haunted by but i'm picturing and i know that's not what it is but i'm picturing zombie i don't <laughs> um but that's a really fun image and it was my favorite image until you said the arm you know there's a phantom arm is it his arm is it someone else's arm is it the arm of a friend is it the arm of a foe is it just a random arm that used to also live in that house i don't know or in no. that place? I don't know. <laughs> it, it's so random. And the mental picture I get is a uh, thing from the Adams Family when it would motion with its fingers and there, like when it's, uh, it was beckoning towards them, I pictured thing down, like beckoning towards somebody. I'm, I'm really glad you said that because for some reason when you said beckoning, I, I got like a sexual tone to it. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, like it's trying to get like a come hither, but it, there's no... <laughs> other parts to come together too. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why that was what was in my head. Was it was like a sexual beckon? But yeah, it was like it was a curvy arm. And but what you say actually makes more sense. So, um, the, the dancing creatures make me think of. I feel like fairies, and I know in a lot of uh, Scottish lore they're called uh, good folk. G U I D folk. Um, but they're, they have a tendency to be a little, like, mischievous, they're a little, they can be rowdy, but then, obviously, there are good ones, or whatnot, but then my mind slipped back into my childhood, and I started thinking, well, it sounds a lot like sprites, and here comes the childhood, and I'm thinking, the sprites from, like, Strawberry Shortcake, and they're, and I, I completely went off the rails, and that's now what I'm picturing when I think about that, but yeah, um, the light sprites, but... <laughs> But no, that was a great choice. That was a really, really good one. Yeah, um, that one in particular uh, that you're talking about right there, I, I feel like it may have been hallucinations for them. Like when we're getting into the, li I yeah. mean, little people and stuff. Like I said, between the uh, the pollutants coming off the marsh and then the fact that there was cyanide. For some reason, yeah. their walls and probably lead as well. Um, I'm not saying all of it for them was, you know, maybe, you know, the rig was the severed head or whatever, but 
I felt like on that one, some of them were, uh, yeah, hallucinations. And I love the guy that just um, sits on the toilet with the door open, waving to passerbys. I forgot <laughs> about that one. Because it was, there was so much, I completely forgot. <laughs> so, I'm trying to understand, is that what he did in life or what he did as a ghost? Did he do that in life? No, so I was hoping it was in death too. I, I like a picture, <laughs> like a ghost sitting on the toilet, just waving and, hey guys. But uh, it's from what I, in life he did it, in death it said that he wanders the alley um, worried looking. And he might have been that voice that said, told everybody to get out. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was in death too. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Me too, actually. I hear I hear Thunderbox, and I immediately think butt. <laughs> like, I feel like your butt is your Thunderbox, but <laughs> I mean, at least it's my Thunderbox. I don't know if it's your Thunderbox. <laughs> but um, no, it's right. I. I can't. So I have I have. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, but it's not how it sounds. It's gonna sound creepy, but it's, I promise it's not. I have weird bathroom habits. Not the way that you think. But very specifically, public bathroom habits, where I can't. Once I'm in that stall, I can't. I can't. I can't talk to you. Don't talk yeah. to me. I. I can't function. My. If my pants are down and my butt is out, we're not having a conversation. This is not how this is gonna work. We can't have a verbal conversation to the point where I rudely ignore people if they start talking to me. What's it? Hey, did you hear me? And then I will wait. I will finish. I will get out and be like, Yeah, I. I literally can't talk to you with my pants down. I can't do it. I can't fathom just sitting there, letting it all go where it's going, yep. coming from where it's coming from, and just be like, hey, how are you? Very neighborly, I guess. Yeah, I, I'm with you 100% on that. I, I'm weird about public bathrooms. I, I mean, I, I will, I don't like public bathrooms at all in general. I try to avoid them as much as possible, or, you know, or always. Even at work, it's like, I'm, you know, I, there's one urinal I've used, and that's about it. And uh, so I get it. And honestly, it's kind of like generally a rule in men's rooms. Like if if pants are down or you're doing a bit, you don't talk. There's not really a lot of conversation happening in men's rooms. Yeah. Um, no, women women don't have that. Women don't understand that because that is I I've learned in my in my 41 years that when women say they're gonna get up and go to the bathroom other women follow yep. so they can talk while stuff is coming out of their bodies yeah that's what they do that's all and it's gross and you people need to stop it it's not okay it's not acceptable and not all women like that i now if i'm ever out and i'm rarely out with other females i don't get along with a lot of females which is why like when we all hang out it's usually me and guys because i i don't get along with a lot of girls but not saying i can't but if I happen to be out with you and you're a female and I get up, don't follow me. Don't come with me. I don't. And if you do and you also just happen to have to pee at the same time, understand there's a cone of silence around me. And when I'm no matter what I'm doing, if I have to use a public bathroom, I'm not happy. First of all, second of all, do not. I'm not, I'm not that girl. I, we're not going to have a conversation. I don't want to talk about the weather or where you bought your bra or any, nothing. <laughs> like there's, there's nothing. 
and I will ignorantly ignore you and say no words back to you. You will think I died in there until I flush and I come out. And then I will look at you like you have nine heads because you felt the need to take your pants off to talk to me because I don't understand it. You don't talk to your friends with your pants off. That's not how life, that's not how life works. It's not, it's so, gr it's so gross. Stop it. But anyway. Uh, I love it. I love it because I I, I I am 100% there with you. I just, I, like, like, we can wait a couple minutes. It's not going to, we're, we're not going to die if we don't talk during this, no. the, this intimate moment. <laughs> like, nope. um, we will survive. We will all be okay. <laughs> I am with you. I get, I totally get that. <laughs> Well, they, I'm glad because, and I feel like more people should understand that and and maybe understand it, but they, I wish more did, especially, especially you women. <laughs> but anyways, I digress. Oh, that's great. Oh, okay, all right. Um, do we have anything else on Mary King's clothes? No, I think we're good. All right. Well, I believe. <laughs> yep, got the uh, encounter beyond strange for the week. Ah, uh, you survived. Just long enough for our encounter beyond strange. I do, I do, and I'm I'm very excited to. So yeah, I know you guys can't see it, but Tom's face is beet red. <laughs> so. <laughs> I am I am enjoying this. This is fun. But yes, I do have the strange encounter. And my initially I was gonna talk about a different one because I had it kind of planned in my head and then I realized that it is another one that I've already talked about in Scotland. And this is only my second one. So <laughs> I I jumped ahead in the ones that I wanted to kind of think about. And um and I had two that are somehow credited together. Scotland, you're very confusing to me in our in our <laughs> encounters beyond strange. So I'm trying, and um, I'm trying to do it justice, but it's not easy. It's it's very very difficult. But today I'm going to talk about Peterhead and Aberdeen because they are referenced together in almost everything that I find in these encounters. Cool. Now, it's a series of five sightings, and they happened between January and December of 2022, so very current. That is. Oh, I love that. God, that's like last year. Oh, we don't get yeah. a lot of that, so that's really cool. No. I thought you'd like that. All right. So, in Peterhead, on January 22nd of 2022, at 7 p.m., so remember the 7 p.m., it's very important, um, there was a triangular shape floating in the skies for about two minutes above the town and then it disappeared behind a cloud and was never seen again or not, was not seen again now above Aberdeen on March 25th at 7pm uh, a bright ball of light uh, began to hover over the ground and, but it was completely still like it hovered but it was still and then all of a sudden it began to dance and sway and bob and then it traveled slowly east and it became dimmer as it did so. It lasted for about 90 seconds and then it completely just disappeared. So two of them at 7 p.m. It's very weirdly specific, but I like it. Yeah. 
Now, on July 10th, at 3 p.m., there was a glowing white object, orb-shaped, sounding very similar to the one that we just talked about. It hovered above this, you know, above Peter uh, Peter's head, motionless at first. Again, began to bob, and then it took off quickly. So it, rather than taking off slow, it took off quickly, but still sounds like a very similar thing. On August 18th, this one is very small, very short, but it's super interesting. I don't know why this paints the best picture for me. Um, on August 18th, a green rectangle was seen for about three seconds in the sky, and it was like glowing the green color, like it almost had like an aura about it, and then it just whoop, disappeared. Sure. Now, right? And then again in Peterhead, on December 12th, a star-shaped bright light hovered low above the road and began swaying and bobbing. And then all of a sudden, it started traveling north this time, and the sighting lasted for about five minutes until it disappeared. And that's that's what I have for Peter Head, Peter Head in Aberdeen. Very interesting. So, um, question: was, Did they give times for the the final two? Uh, I couldn't find a time for the final okay. two. Because that was super interesting. How both the first two were. 7 p.m. on the dot, or not on the dot, but you know, both at 7 p.m., the other one's 3 p.m. Um, so very interesting there. Now, this this whole thing is fascinating because this could be the same. I mean, well, okay, so the first one's described triangular shaped, uh, just here behind a cloud, and then March 25th, a ball of light hovered above. But the swaying and bobbing, like you kept talking about, that is very interesting, too, that they all had this similar. And then, what was it, July 10th, glowing orb-shaped object. Um, then, the rectangle, which is really cool, because you don't hear, like I said, like, you hear orb-shaped, you hear balls of light, even tri like triangle, pyramid-shaped, that has become very popular recently in sightings. Um, which would make sense, or even star-shaped as well, which could, be, in, in my opinion, with a star-shaped and a triangle-shaped, even though, yes, triangles and stars are different, there's triangles in stars, and maybe you're only seeing part of the ship or something, or, you know, maybe part of it's cloaked, and some by clouds, something in the sky, or it has cloaking capabilities of its own. Um, so, so that, you know, those two, triangle and star, I could see how those could be doing it, but that rectangular-shaped one, is that is it like is that a craft of some kind is that you know like i'm a fan of of interdimensional doors and stuff like that is it a doorway to some you know another like a doorway that opened up in a dimension like i remember when we discussed uh skinwalker ranch you know a lot of these creatures that they would see in sightings that they would see was around this area that like there was a rock and then like a little bit almost like a, it wasn't like a full cave but like an indenture into the land and could that be a door to another dimension could this be somehow somehow that door opened up um in the sky just randomly and became visible which it shouldn't have for some reason um i just find that really really 
fascinating. This is a really, really cool one. I mean, five sightings in, in under a year, or just about a year. Um, yeah, just about a year from January to December. Um, so almost one full year and a lot of similarities between all these. A lot, the swaying and bobbing, the star versus that, the lights. Um, great choice, super interesting. So I had the same door thought that you had. That was like the first thing I thought. Um, and I feel like I and I feel like Skinwalker Ranch, yes, but I feel like there was another time that we talked about seeing something, there being sightings of something similar in the sky, and we had the same thought, the door thought. And I really, really love that thought. Um, another thing to think about too is it, the way it's the way it's described. Other than the rectangle, I, I can't explain the rectangle beyond the door, like you said. It never sounds like it's a super solid-looking thing, but more that it's like a mass of energy, which could, again, the, like you said, the triangle and the star, but also the round, because it's if it's something that's almost like just like a ball of energy or a cluster of energy or matter or whatever, it, it could very well be somewhat shifting as it's moving. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's actually a really co uh, great point and cool point um, that I hadn't thought of. But yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow, that was very cool. That was uh, I, I I really like that. I like I've noticed a lot of your strange encounters. You, the, it gets broken down like into the like the bullet pointed dates, and I really like that because it makes it easy to follow. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, great choice. Great choice. Thank you. Oh, all right. Um, do we have anything else for um, today? Nope, I think, I think I've said all I have. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We are so glad you made it out alive. Uh, be, and be sure to come back next week when we have our special holiday episode so until then happy camping guys bye thanks guys they're all yours now boys as always thank you for joining us come back next week if you're brave for those looking to take it one step further, be sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our terrifying new website too. SYPOPodcast.com And spread the word. Tune in on all major platforms.